This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the Blood Red podcast with me, Sean Bradbury. Yesterday was a sensational day of sport in which Feather and Djokovic took a Wimbledon Classic all the way to a thrilling five-set conclusion. We also saw England and New Zealand play out a scarcely believable and all-time great game of one-day cricket in the World Cup final, but the only one we're interested in here trumps them all. The mighty Reds going up to Valley Parade and putting three past Bradford as the pre-season juggernaut rolls on. To look back on that and assess a bit of other Liverpool business, I have with me Ian Doyle and Paul Gorst. Gents, are we okay? Good day to you, sir. <laughs> I was yeah. going to give away the time of the day and I couldn't re- remember which. Is we just morning after noon? It's just this. Oh, oh, who knows? All just who measures knows? into one and yeah. shifts, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it does I'm, I'm not too bad to answer your question, Sean. How are you? Uh, very well, very well. Um, Doyle, we'll start with you on this then. Yeah. And I just want a general assessment, really, of pre season so far. I know it's only two games, but mm. you were at Bradford yesterday, uh, Tramia before that. Another win for the Reds. What. I'm getting at though is how significant do you think it is that Liverpool stay in this winning habit? I know it's only pre-season, but we all saw what happened in the last campaign, the relentless pace that the Reds had to go just to stay neck and neck with City. And results can vary in pre-season, of course, and have no bearing on the actual league when it gets going. But do you think that's a little bit different in this case? Uh, the reality is they're playing, what was it, Tramier and Bradford, so you'd expect them to win anyway, no matter what team that they, uh, they did put out. I mean, the game against Bradford, it was a lot harder than the Tramier game for a number of reasons and I know that uh, if you look at the actual league standings of the pair, Tramier are now in League 1, Bradford in League 2, they, they swapped over at the end of last season but Tramier got a lot of new players, they've had a very quick rise out of the, the National League and Bradford did look like a team who had been in League 1 for quite a quite a while or been knocking around those leagues for a while they had a bit more about them, they were stronger they had like, you know, James Vaughan was playing up front for them he used to play for Everton who Helpfully scored the first goal for Liverpool, although James Milner's claiming that one. In terms of actually winning the games, yeah, you'd expect Liverpool to win. Winning is a habit. You want to get into that as, as soon as you can during the summer. We always say that you know, pre-season games don't matter for much, but I think that if we're being brutally honest here, those days have long gone, such as the scrutiny that's been then brought up on these, these games. Uh, in the old days, they play friendlies and you know, nobody was particularly interested. But that's not the case anymore. You know, you've got to feed the monster, as it were. You know, the, the club website put the games out live. Everybody's interested. They want to see how the youngsters are doing and which players are coming through. So from that point of view, you don't want to start losing games because more of a deal is made of it. Uh, they'll have a bit more of a test when they go over to America. Is it Russia Dortmund Sport in Lisbon and, uh, and Sevilla? So yeah. it's interesting that it's such a massive step up, isn't it, from like League 2 slash League <coughs> 1 team to straight up to team that finished second in the Bundesliga <laughs> and got to the, you know, the knockout stages of the Champions League. I think Jurgen Klopp would be reasonably happy with what he's seen so far, not least because there's been so many players missing. And it has given them a, a chance to the likes of you know, the fringe players who've come back on loan, from being on loan last season, such as Ryan Kenton and Harry Wilson. Ryan Kent on Sunday, I thought he, he did reasonably well. I'm sure we'll touch on him in a bit. You know, they've, all got, they've all got an opportunity here because they know that you know, when they go to America, you know, the likes of Virgil van Dijk, Jordan Henderson, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Andy Robertson and Gene Wijnaldum. Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> they're all going to be back. Uh, and, you know, Dejan Lofton got another game under his belt. Um, so, so far so good for Liverpool. I thought they did play better against Tramia though. And, you know, even James Milner said after the game on Sunday that perhaps it was because they've had quite a hard week of training. The legs kind of, you know, kind of caught up with them a little bit. They didn't keep the ball quite as well as they as they should have done. But one thing we do have to say, by the way, is that there was uh, more than 24,000 there who were out there for the game, sorry, at the Valley Parade, which is the biggest crowd they've had since uh, they reopened the, the stadium in 1986. The reason for that isn't so much just because Liverpool were, were the, the European champions, that would be a big draw anyway, but it was a game that was played in uh, you know, in aid of 
the Derby Rimmer Foundation, which mm. has been set up by Stephen Derby, former Liverpool Academy graduate, played a few games in the 2008-9, uh, former Bradford player. He was obviously diagnosed with motor neuron disease uh, last year, had to retire from football at the age of 29. And before the game, he was there with Colin Rimmer, who's somebody who he's, he's, he's got to know through having you know suffered the disease, and he's he's done research into it, and he's got to know, and he's he's more got more advanced uh, motor neuron disease. They were on the pitch before the game, and they were speaking for about four or five minutes. Well, Stephen Darby was, and it was very emotional. I mean, I know that you were watching it here in the office, and I know that, that I sent a message about saying this is very emotional. Oh, and you yeah. were saying just just actually watching it on television, you could tell it was. So it was it was an emotional day. But going back to the football side of it. I think you know, Jurgen Klopp, it's so far so good, isn't it? Mm. I think the other point on this, Gorsi, as well, is there's, there's things to be won, you know, as soon as the season starts, really, isn't there? Does, does it feel to you that Liverpool have to hit the ground running with the Community Shield, the Super Cup, and things that are to come in a matter of weeks? Yeah, I mean, as Doyle mentioned there, the, the step up in class is, is going to be vast now, isn't it, when Liverpool fly off to America for the uh, the three games against Dortmund, uh, Sevilla, and Sporting. So, um the, the squad. I mean, each member of the squad have got something to play for, haven't they? They've got their own personal goals and milestones that they'll set themselves. And players like Harry Wilson and, and Ryan Kent will be wanting to catch the eye. And, and obviously, Diane Lovren, who's um, got a battle on his hands to get back into the team. So, you know, each of their little individual battles will seem to bring out a, more of a performance f- f- across the team, I think. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's Liverpool have been doing this for a few years now, haven't they? Where they play a couple of um, generally northwest based friendlies and then they fly out to, to America. They're normally involved in the uh, International Champions Cup, which, as Dodie knows, is one of my favourite uh, pre season tournaments. <laughs> Absolutely love it. You love that league yeah, table, I'd, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's three points for a win and then <laughs> seven points for every penalty you score or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's about to take a, a couple of steps up over the next week and um, Liverpool will be aided and abetted by the. Uh, players who are coming along the England internationals and the Dutch internationals, and we'll start to see something resembling a bit more of a first team, a, a, a genuine first team Liverpool squad, and then that's where the hard work really begins, I think. Um, up until um, you know when they come back, and then they've got was it Geneva and then Murrayfield, or was it Murrayfield first? It's Murrayfield first, yeah, yes. yeah, and then um, obviously Community Shield to round it all off. So yeah, big few weeks ahead for for a number of Liverpool players, to be honest, and I think all, all that will just breed. Um, you know, getting the fitness levels up is, is the most important thing. But I think everyone will kind of want to put in a performance as well, just to just to remind Jurgen Klopp of of what what they can do. Players like Adam Lallana, you know, we noticed him playing a in a different role yesterday, and and Klopp said himself something on it, didn't he? He likened it to Jorginho at Chelsea. So um, yeah, I think there are a lot of players already out there who've got plenty to play for. What was interesting as well is after the game, Gary Bowie, the Bradford City boss, he was he was speaking to the, to their local press and he said that, I was watching that first half and I was shattered just watching it because <laughs> Liverpool were just all over us. And he, he's funny, he said that, uh, he told his players, right, we'll take tomorrow off, I eat the Monday off and I'll give you a little bit of homework. You come back and then tell me what you learned from playing against Liverpool, playing against wow. those players. So, from that point of view, for Bradford, it's worthwhile for Liverpool. I'm surprised by how fit they are, to be fair. Mm. And I know they always, I think long gone are the days where they, they all go away for, for the summer and then come back and they're like two stone overweight. <laughs> because the other, the other thing is, they never stop playing, do they? A lot of these players have played mm, in, true. you know, it, you know. I know that the, these are the youngsters, but even the, even the youngsters will have been played in various competitions. Other seasons will have ended later than you, you may have expected. And plus, they know for a fact that they've got this chance in these opening few weeks. So why on earth wouldn't you just throw everything into it? Make sure that you're, you're at peak fitness so you can start impressive. Mm. Well, let's assess a few performances then. 
Um, already mentioned briefly, Doily Ryan Kent. You wrote about him yesterday, his mm. performance against Bradford. I felt with him, he's always been not not overshadowed by Harry Wilson, but there's always seemed to kind of been a little bit more interest in Wilson, perhaps because of his international exploits. I don't know, or just you I know, think it's also because he's in England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are aware of the championship, but given how well he's he's playing, is is, is Kent himself developing into a genuine option for Klopp? Well, that's why he's not gone back on loan straight away. I think, you know, I know for a fact that Jurgen Klopp wants to take a look at him and he knows that these couple of games and it's Tour in America is a good chance to do that. The interesting thing for me is that whenever you see Ryan Kemp play, you always think he's definitely got something. He came on, if you've got to manage two years ago that he was he came on a sub against Bayern Munich, Munich yeah. wasn't it, in the Audi mm-hmm. Cup and he did that great piece of skill, you know, completely bamboozled Rafinha, set it up for Gruwich and then it was disallowed because I think Lallana was stood on the line or something stupid like that. Would have been a great goal uh, otherwise. But that got him a move to Freiburg, which okay, didn't work out. Then he moved to Bristol City, didn't work out there either. But, you know, last season up at, up at Rangers, you know, Steven Gerrard is a pretty good judge of player and he was delighted with what, what they'd done and they wanted to sign him. But they haven't got the money, I don't think, to sign him permanently. They still want to pursue this loan deal. But for, for Jurgen Klopp, he wants to take a look at him. And all he can do is what he did in the first half against Bradford. And all three goals, he you know, he played a pass. The first one, he played the ball from the short corner. He played the ball across to James Mills to have the shot, which was you know, headed in by Vaughan. Uh, the second one, it was him that broke into the area, got fouled, won the penalty. And the third one, it was uh, Kent who, playing off the left wing as he, he, as he did all game, if, if slightly more withdrawn, he wasn't like hugging the touchdown, he was kind of brought in a little bit. More like a, an old inside left position, as my dad would call it. Um, he... Uh, he played it across for Oxlade Chamberlain to have the shot, which was then blocked, and Brian Brewster knocked it in. So, I know I did that story, and on social media, I posed the question: Could he save Liverpool a few bob in the transfer market? And it was the old, okay, like, some stuff. yeah, just a bit <laughs> like the old Europe. Oh, we're European champions; we should be buying X, Y, and Z, and all this kind of stuff. Well, like, you know, that's all well and good, but he did exactly what you expected him to do, and that's what you want from a player. He's playing for Liverpool to come in and do that because the pressure is going to be more on him than on Harry Wilson. To a lesser extent on Bruce because he's only just starting out. But Wilson and Kent both played an entire season at certainly reasonable level. Wilson ended up playing in a playoff final. Uh, Kent was played in the Europa League and was challenging for a long time for the for, for the Scottish Premier League title. And he decked Scott Brown. So it's like, <laughs> what, what more could he do yeah. to actually catch the eye? Um, so for him, the pressure's on. And while I didn't think he was particularly great, or certainly was quiet against Tramway, I thought he was... Pretty impressive against mm. Bradford in the 45 minutes he played. Well, this is it, of course, isn't it? You know, Doyle mentioned Gerard's desperate to keep him up at Rangers, and Kenny Dalglish th- this weekend mm-hmm. was writing about him and how significant it could be if Kent does go there for another season and, you know, allow them to challenge Celtic. Two, again, as Doyle said, two good judges of footballers there. What, what do these words from two Liverpool legends speak? They speak volumes about Kent, do they, and his talent? Yeah, well, Gerard would love him there, wouldn't he? Again, he's made no bones of that, and neither has Gary McAllister, who's his assistant there. I think they've said from the off. If there's any way we can get him on loan again, then that'll be the option that they prefer. As Dory says, it, um, I think Dory wrote the story actually earlier this year that they wanted around £12 million for him, which possibly prices him out of Rangers', Rangers I, budget. I think they may have done it in the way that meant that they were, he was priced out. Or I think the way well, you've written many a time over the last few weeks about Michael Edwards, the mm. selling genius, and I think that's an example of that. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, uh, so maybe that prices him out of Rangers' budget, but if no offers are forthcoming... Then I think they'll head the queue for another loan deal. Um, in a way, the Harry Wilson's kind of got a few weeks to, to show what he can do before Liverpool make a decision on him. Maybe it's uh, Ryan Kent in the same boat. Um, similar types of players, aren't they? Featured on opposite wings. Um, and maybe 
Wilson's got the edge at this point, playing in, in the championship at such a high level, going all the way to the playoff final, scoring 18 goals in, in all competitions. Um, Rangers aren't aren't what what they were where they you know 20 years ago, but they're still uh, they're still up there challenging uh, Celtic. So I think I think it's a, probably a big it's definitely a big few weeks for Harry Wilson, which we already know. But I think it's, uh, it's probably the same for Ryan Kent. I think there's an interesting parallel to be drawn with another Ryan that some Liverpool fans think they should be interested. In. It's Ryan Fraser at uh, at Bournemouth because he's obviously made his way. Who did he join Bournemouth from? I can't remember off the top of my head. He did play for a Scottish club, didn't he? Mm, I can't remember I which remember. one it was, but. He's gone there. He's done well. He's had his chance. The kind of similarly type players. You'd yeah. say Fraser's a bit faster, but then you'd argue that Kent's probably got a little bit more on his locker in terms of skills. Yeah. And if Liverpool were being linked with Ryan Fraser, I think a lot of fans would say that that's a good backup option. That's somebody we, sh- we should be going for. And because he's had the chance to prove himself in the Premier League over a number of years, because it's, it's been nearly three years since he came on against Liverpool in that four-three game. Um, yeah. Down yeah. at. Uh, the Vitality Stadium yeah the Vitality Stadium as it's now Um, so yeah I mean there is scope I I don't know I don't know don't don't know whether Wilson is ahead of Kent you know I'm not entirely convinced simply on the basis of what they've shown so far and the feedback that you know, as we said, Stephen Jarrod would have been given to Jurgen Klopp or Barbadies. Mm. Well, we shall see that, as you both said. Next few weeks will be very significant for the pair of them. Let's go from um, young talents to, to an older head, should we say, who does not need to prove himself. Of course, we'll start with you on this. James Milner, one slash two goals yesterday, certainly, you know, very much involved in the game. I felt with him last season, you know, with everyone at the World Cup and him being retired from international football, having that break, having that that time to just prepare. He started the season so well. Series of lung-busting efforts uh, in midfield. But he was just bossing games for me at the, mm. the start of last season. He's another year older, but are you expecting the same again from Milner? Oh, yeah, undoubtedly. He keeps himself in uh, probably the best nick out of, out of the lot, doesn't he? Um, famously teetotal. He's on the Ribena, <laughs> Ribena diet. Um, always topping the, the lactate test. So I see no, no reason why he won't be... Um, Will be exactly the same. Evergreen James Milner. I read. I read something. Was it yesterday or today that someone's tipping him to kind of rival Ryan Giggs' his retirement age of forty? And you're looking at him, and he's got a ten pack, hasn't well, he? Every he's, chance. He's, he's he's an absolute machine, and he's showing no signs of slowing down at the age of thirty three. As you know, so um, he's definitely got another couple of years in his locker at least. Um, so I think the pool would be wise to maybe give him a, a one year extension at some point over the next. Six months. Mm, absolutely. Doyley, staying on Milner, how, how significant an example do you think he sets to the young lads? Kind of, you know, like, like Gorsley said, he's, he's such a great trainer. He's, he, he lives clean and he basically does everything and shows everything of what is required to make it at this level. Is he, is he kind of key in impressing that upon the youngsters? Well, there are very few players in Liverpool squad who are over the age of 30. Well, we're not going to be ageist. Once you get over the age of 30, that you have got a significant... And you're at a top-level club, you surely do have an... Ex- you know, significant amount of experience, which he has got. I mean, he's one of those players, isn't he? That he's never. It's only now it seems in the last say eighteen months that he's finally getting the credit he deserves for for what he's mm, done, not just yeah. at Liverpool but in his career. I mean, I remember when he came on uh, when Liverpool played City, Man City, uh, twenty fourteen, the Coutinho three two game. Liverpool were turning up at half time. They brought on Milner, and he absolutely just ran the show for twenty five minutes, and suddenly it was two all, and it was all on him, just the way he was playing the game. And uh, you're right, he does look after himself very well. I think obviously there will come a point where no matter how much he looks after himself, just the body just says, you know, come on, we've had enough. It, it, it's more to do with, you know, you're sprinting over short, short, you know, short spaces and stuff like yeah, that. He's had a long career as well, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, it will sure. catch up with him eventually, but there's no signs of it yet. And 
he does set a good example. And what's more, he's actually really good at football. You can see the way you know he passes the ball about. You know, he, certainly against Tranmere, he was just it was, like, it was easy for him. He was just running the show. He he, he spoke after the game on the, on Sunday, and he, he did say that look, it was a bit more difficult the pitch was a bit drier with the risk of turning into Jurgen Klopp there but you know these <laughs> these things do happen and he perhaps didn't show as much curve but with the, in, in, with the ball but you know he, he scored twice well he scored once really he can't play in that first one I'm sorry and he, that's you know, harsh yeah well no he was, wasn't going in was it it's you know tight, I mean? wasn't it no, oh, you see he was a clear header it's a clear header it's a clear header I'd be claiming it if I had oh, it oh I would be yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hope claim it for James Bourne as well yeah. <laughs> but yeah Milner I mean I don't I actually genuinely don't think he'll play as much a part as he has done over the last couple of years I think he's played at least 45 games over the last couple of seasons under Klopp and you're right. Last season, it wasn't just Milner; it was Wijnaldum at the start of the season as well in True. midfield. Mm-hmm. That they didn't, they weren't involved in the World Cup, and they had that long break. And you know, perhaps towards the end of the season, Wijnaldum was suffering a little bit from fatigue because he played in so many big games. But Milner is Milner is Klopp's go-to player. Certainly, look at Europe. You felt, felt a bit cruel in him in the Champions League final because you always knew he was never going to start the game. But if you look back, I think there was only one other game in the entire competition that he didn't start, one or two at the most. And even then, of course, he comes on towards the end, does the old thing with the uh, corner kick <laughs> where he just kept on refusing to take it, and then puts it in and Origi scores and look, everybody's happy. It was made up for him that he won it because he kind of gets the reward that he wanted. And don't let's not forget, for him to be at that age and that Barcelona game and at the end where he's in tears because he can't quite comprehend what's just happened, he was part of that. And he came on and played left-back, didn't he? Because Robert's because Robert's at half time, yeah. Mm. So he's a man for all seasons, a man for all positions. And while I think midfield with Oxlade Chamberlain now being fit will be a lot harder to get into, especially if you know if Klopp is going to mess about with not mess about with but experiment with Lalar in certain different positions. Because if he did put him in that number six role, I think have we, have we mentioned it so far? Yeah, no, no, no. going to right? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, he played in that number six role against against Brappen against Tramia. Kind of fits in with what Lalana claimed at the start of the summer, where he said. Yeah, I've been told I've got a big part of the plans. I mean, whether or not it's just a big part of these two games, you know what I mean? So, but we'll we'll, we'll get on to that. But, but yeah, Milner, I think he's still got a role to play. Yeah, he's got the experience. He's only now getting the credit he deserves, but I don't think he'll play quite as much as the recent season. Although, of course, Liverpool are playing like a million games at the start, mm. so he'll be, he'll be needed. Mm. Does have that in his favour. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Um, moving on then. A young man who has been taking his chance, very much taking his chance in pre-season, Ryan Brewster. Of course, the, he'll be off to America this week. If he's not already, at what point does he genuinely become part of the first-team conversation? He's, he's doing everything he can, isn't he? I think he already is, to be honest. Um, what's, what struck me, actually, is he seems to have had a, a bit of a growth spurt. He obviously hasn't mm. really played much for over a year with that serious knee and, and ankle injuries. And um, Seeing him over pre-season, he, he does seem to have bulked up a little bit and, and got a little bit taller and just looks a little bit more of a man now. And um, he, he's, he's razor sharp, isn't he, in the penalty area. He's a great finisher. Often with young players, they take a few years before you, you really find out what positions that they're going to excel in and, and that's going to be their position. But you can tell straight away watching him that he's just an out-and-out forward, isn't he? Yeah. A striker, straight down the middle. And um, Klopp knows that. He, he even said himself after the time game that he might have to develop um, possibly playing wide in, in certain games and, and developing the skill set in, in those positions but um, I've been thoroughly impressed with him so far and I think um, he's one of the um, one of the reasons to be excited for next season That you know in the, in the League Cup and stuff when he, he gets a start um, yeah he, he's just going to carry on doing what he's doing and um, 
I'm excited to see how he develops, to be honest. I quite like the goals that he scored as well. Mm. I like the fact that they weren't like 20 yarders into the top corner. I mean, all three of them were just from about six yards, mm. weren't they? Stinked. I mean, the, the, the first one was a good header uh, from the cross from Wilson against Tramere. The second one was the keeper saved it. Parried. And the, the, the one against Bradford was a little bit the same, although at the time we didn't have any replays in the stadium and we just assumed it had gone wide. Mm. It's like there was no chance he was scoring from that angle. And obviously since then we've seen the keeper ends up putting it in. But it's the fact that he was fastest enough to get to it to get there first and to get it on target to make the goalkeeper make is it an error or is it it's one of those isn't it he's just fired it on him exactly yeah so he's made the keeper have to do something and that's all you have to do yeah Mm. and and he does have I think he was a little bit quieter against against Bradford because he was up against slightly I'd say more defenders they they defended quite deep and quite a lot certainly that first half when he was playing Um, I think you're right I think he already is in the first team equation I think he's got to be in that the consideration. I wouldn't be surprised if he started the Community Shield, to be honest, him and Origi, because mm. most of the others won't. If, if they're not back, they'll have done hardly any training. What's the point in rushing them into that when you've got two strikers who, on the basis of what we've seen so far, are both in form, confident, fit, and they've both got a point to prove? Yeah, I kind of like him at Brewster's development to, or lack of development, really, because of his injury. Um, obviously, him and Phil Foden were the stars for England, weren't they, in the yeah. under, under 17 World Cup in October 2017. Um, the the injury that Bruce has had has basically taken him off the shelf or put him on the shelf rather than in the in his absence. Phil Foden has just risen up the ranks at City, hasn't he? He's playing Premier League games and he's scoring goals in the Champions League and is now a part of of the the City team under Pep Guardiola, which Brewster will would have been had he um, had he not got injured. So. I think it's a big season for him. Um, it's his first senior season, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing how, how he gets on. To be honest, because I think he, Liverpool have got a lot of talented youngsters on the books, but I think he's probably the the, the big one at the moment. I mean, there's Jaden Sancho as well, isn't there? A brush of Dortmund yeah, who yeah. played alongside yeah. them, and that, that that's another example of somebody who did well for England at Under 17 World Cup and has then kicked on. I mean, across the park at, at Everton, you had Ross Barkley. He lost a few years when he was coming through, yeah, and it took him a while to to make it now he's obviously playing for Chelsea and winning European trophies and whatnot. so it's there for him just because he's had a serious injury very early in his career doesn't necessarily mean that he's been compromised because if anything it's given him a chance to sit on the sidelines experience well for a start experience what it's like to be sat on the sidelines and also to actually watch the players I mean I did an interview with him earlier this year where he's talking about he sits there watching games and he watches Firmino and he says like what he does is incredible, and I'm picking up so many tips from just just watching him. Which I thought was an interesting comment. That was like an early marker of, yeah, I want to play up front. I know what it takes. <laughs> to pl- I know what it takes to yeah. play in this club team. I want to be able to do it. And you know, he does do a little bit of that. He does a little bit of dropping deep. But you know, of course, he says he's a proper striker, isn't he? He knows where the goal is, and he's he wants those goals. Yeah. And as a striker, that's what you want more than anything. Mm, definitely, very exciting to see how he develops this summer and beyond. Um, you wrote about. This guy yesterday, Doily Dejan Lovren, and mm-hmm. how he possibly stands at a career, maybe a transfer crossroads of Liverpool in the face of, well, in particular, rumoured AC Milan interest. Mm. Feels like a situation that could ebb and flow as we get towards the end of the transfer window, but how, how do you see it panning out with Lovren? Well, at the moment, if you ask Jurgen Klopp, he's quite happy to keep him, why wouldn't you? He's a World Cup finalist, Champions League finalist. Liverpool's best player in the Champions League final last year, by the way. Uh, some people forget that. You know, okay, he's conceded three goals, but. Let's be brutally honest here. Two of them were keeper dropped it in, and the third one was an over a kick. So there's nothing he could do about that. <laughs> one of the greatest final yeah, goals yeah, of all time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so there's nothing he could do about that. Um, 
he had a he had a difficult season last year, didn't he, with the injuries mm-hmm. and he was kind of paying for putting himself through what he did to make sure that he played in the World yeah. Cup and gets the final and playing the Champions League final. Which I think people sometimes forget that there are players who, you know, they, they sacrifice the long term to help everybody in the short term, as it were. It's understandable as well. Yeah, yeah, why would you not want to play? Particularly now when the player as well yeah, being yeah, yeah. being such a, you know passionate heart on your sleeve type of player. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so why, why would you not want to do that? But in the end, he's he's dropped down the ranks. I think everybody knew that Joe Gomez was somebody who could come through and challenge for the position next to Virgil van Dijk. What I don't think anyone was expecting was Joel Matip being quite as good as he was during the second half of the season. And I've said it before, I actually reckon that he was Liverpool's best defender during the last six or seven weeks. I mean, again, it's, it's, it's ridiculous to say this, but when they lost 3-0 to Barcelona, which you had a messy, you know, freak of nature goal, I thought Matip was excellent. I thought he was really good. I don't think you could blame him for anything that went on. And he's now above Lovren. So Lovren's fourth choice. There's interest from abroad. AC Milan, I would imagine there might be some other teams. He's 31 now. I think that's right in saying. So it may ultimately be down to him to go, well, I've been here for five years. I've won this, that and the other. He has actually obviously won the Champions League. Um, does he really have the appetite or hunger to, at that age, challenge for... You know, challenge for a starting role. I mean, the, the fact is, because Liverpool are in so many competitions, he'll play certainly games at the start of the season. But when we go deeper into the season, if he's spent like seven, eight, nine, ten games on the sidelines, because they're not going to pick two substitute uh, centre backs. Uh, I mean, obviously injuries could happen along the way, but if it is a one, two, three, four, he's absolutely fourth at the moment, mm. and only by injuries to other people, I reckon he's going to go. Further than that, mm. what do you think, Gorsley? I mean, will he will he accept being fourth choice at this stage of his career? It's difficult to say, isn't it? Because we know in Italy they've got a, a history of not being too concerned about a player's age. So um, I, I think he's, he's just turned thirty. Actually, I think it was in May, was, was it? Thirty or thirty? Thirty. Yeah. Sorry. was thirty-one. So I don't think Milan would be put off by his age, but I think Liverpool. I think this should be one of those occasions where Jurgen Klopp doesn't put the players interests and, and needs first and he says you're staying put because um, we could get maybe 25 million euros for you but replacing a player of a defender of Lauren's quality is probably going to cost Liverpool considerably more than that in the market mm. where they're not uh, particularly looking to spend so I think this might be one where Klopp says keep tight um, you're going to get opportunities if, if Liverpool progress in the cup competition okay they, they didn't do it last year they were out in the, the third round of the League Cup and the FA Cup weren't there last season but if they do go on a bit of a cup run then opportunities will be there for Lovren who you'd imagine would be nailed on to start every domestic cup game um, as far as they go so um, if I was Jürgen Klopp I'd be telling to to stay put he's not packing his bags and he's uh, he's settling in for um, another season where he will get a few games Lovren would just like to apologise he was 30 less than a fortnight ago so I know he's listened ah, to this regularly I know he's listened to this regularly so I'd like to sorry for ageing you prematurely <laughs> the thing about Lovren is that he picks up a lot of injuries though doesn't he yes. that's, that's, yeah. even if you take away the one that he got over the summer or the one he was carrying into the new season he still had that hamstring which seemed to take forever Three he, months got, he, got, for, he yeah. got a concussion which wasn't his fault but then that set him back so he is injury prone and it's whether Liverpool decide. Look, we could promote. They've just signed Set Vandenberg. Mm. Obviously, we've never we've not seen him play yet because we're waiting on international clearance. Um, Hoover could play centre back, uh, even though he's been playing right back in the uh, the game so far this summer. So 
it's where the club goes. I'm quite happy to give that a, you know give give them a chance and accept the money. But at the moment, there's no suggestion that they that they want to do that. I think they want to keep Lovren. Mm. Of course, the club was asked about the left back situation last night after the game and refused to rule out a move for some kind of cover for Andy Robertson. Uh, he said, we, we will see. No, it's not a yes, not a no. Um, so, <laughs> he you actually know. said a few more yeses and no's, but yeah. that got cut down. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. That's the abridged yeah. version. Oh, there you go. Clear as mud. Um, but Klopp, I think he's, he's had a point. Uh, he's been so, he's obviously discussed the left-back situation previously in this window, and he, it's a fair point that Milner, Gomez, I suppose, others can cover. But given the niche and such significant job that Robertson and Trent do, do, do you think kind of more specific reinforcements needed there? It's a difficult one because... Liverpool feel that they're not going to be able to find anyone who is going to be willing to sit on their hands on the bench for most of the season, um, but are still better than Joe Gomez and James Milner as a left-back. So it's a, it's a difficult balancing act. There, there was interest in Lloyd Kelly, was it, um, earlier in the summer, yeah. but once Bournemouth came in with that offer, he was always going there. And he, to be fair to, to Kelly, he, he'll play more at Bournemouth only than, than he would at Liverpool. So... Um, it's a, it's an interesting one for Liverpool if they, you know, if someone who they might be looking at reaches out and says yes, I'm happy to play in the FA Cup and the, and the Carabao Cup and I'm happy to do that only then maybe they'll they'll take a look at, another look at it. But as it stands, Liverpool know that they're in a, a, a tough place to to find someone who who can play better than Milner who, who played an entire season there didn't he when Liverpool finished fourth yeah. only two years ago and Joe Gomez is no stranger to playing fullback either so. Um, might look as though Liverpool have got um, a dearth of options, but I I wouldn't be too concerned with seeing Joe Gomez line up at left fullback. He obviously wouldn't provide the same um, attacking impetus that Andy Robertson does, but who who does? Let's be honest. Um, and it, you know that if Gomez or Milner were lining up at left back, it wouldn't be for you know five or six games on the bounce. It would just be for the the one off game where Robertson is maybe given a bit of a rest or has picked up a. A short injury. What happens if Robertson gets bit by more spiders and insects, though? That might really matter for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> then people really would have to pull the uh, the checkbook out, wouldn't they, for, for someone? I guess the the other option, Doyle, you know, I think, well, of course, he's right there. It's going to be the senior names, isn't it? Certainly, initially, but Larucci, Lewis, both been given a chance to impress. But they barely played it on the 23 level, that's the thing. I True. mean, Lewis have stepped up last season, but he spent a little bit of the time playing in a, uh, an advanced midfield role, which I know they were because they, they liked the way he plays going forwards. And that's the same thing with Larucci, who's a, a left winger. He signed as a left winger, and he got converted to a left back by uh, Barry Lutus at the under 18s boss at the start of last season. And I've seen Larucci play quite a few times. I, I like him. But it is one of those whereby against Tramia, he was able just to bomb forward. And he was just loving it. You know, he got into the box like, two or three times, had shots, you know, the keeper made a save. And fans love stuff like that. But then it's Bradford. Bradford defended deep, which meant he couldn't have much to run at, which meant to be a bit more clever about his forward play. And the second thing is they then broke, and there was one or two times where he got caught out a little bit, and he gave away a couple of free kicks, which one of them, absolutely, if it was an actual game, a competitive game, he would have definitely been booked. And that was like in the first half. So, okay, you can't really compare a friendly to a, to a competitive match, but... They'll have seen little signs like that as if to say, like, yeah, you're a work in progress. I don't think he's anywhere near the first team at the moment. He's somebody who perhaps could get the bench tools, you know, if they make it further down the line in the League Cup. But I think for him, personally, he'd be looking to, to you know, make himself, you know, basically make an impact at the under-23 level, sorry. Mm-hmm. That's what the next season, anyway. Yeah. 
Um, stay with you on this one, Doyle. There's a bit, a bit of a mild goalkeeper crisis at Liverpool presently. How have the Reds reacted to it? An interesting solution? They've sold everybody. <laughs> no, what, what's happened is... Um, how do we say? Is it Ke- Ke- Kevin Kelleher? Uh, Keevan. Keevan, that's yeah, it, yeah. Ke- we, yeah. It's basically the, the male version of our very own Kiva. Mm. Kiva O'Neill. Kiva O'Neill. Keevan. Keevan. Yeah. Keevan Kelleher, the Irish guy. Yeah, the blonde Irish guy. Uh, he uh, he fractured his, his wrist, didn't he? Yeah, he fractured his mm. wrist while, yeah. while on holiday, so he's currently uh, recovering from that. Um, Camille Grabara was played for the under 21s, Poland under 21s, the under 21 European Championships in the summer. He's not back yet. And in any case, Klopp mentioned the other day that he's still suffering from a little bit of pain, whether he's picked up a knock while he's been out there. Vitislav uh, Jaros now, he's got a, what's it, is it an elbow strain or something? I'm not too sure about I think it's actually. a thin lig- elbow ligament strain, certainly a ligament strain of somewhere. And he's out for a few weeks. Now, obviously, Alison Becker is still having a rest after having won the Copper America with, uh, with Brazil. So they're left with Mignolet and Dan Atherton, who's only 18, sorry, only 19, and he's barely played for the under-18s because that's the level he's at at the moment because he was behind, behind Yaros, so whenever Yaros wasn't available, Atherton would play. And uh, he came on against Tramway and played up front. <laughs> and, uh, and then he came, he came on, came on uh, putting a good tackle, though. And he, came on, he came on for 15 minutes towards the end of the game against uh, Bradford on Sunday. But other than that, that's it. Now... If they haven't got any goalkeepers or even junior goalkeepers they can call upon, there aren't enough of them to actually take part in training. So what Liverpool have done is they've gone to uh, Adam, uh, sorry, Andy Lonergan. Uh, in fact, what's his first name? It is Andy. Yeah. Andy, Andy, yeah, Andy yeah. I was right. Yeah. Sorry, I was just... just Adam Ad- Lewis, Andy Lonergan. Yeah, basically. It's all, all the A's, isn't it? <laughs> Andy Lonergan, who uh, has recently been let go by Middlesbrough. He's 35. The listeners may recognise then because he's been knocking around the Championship for years. He's championship veteran, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I remember he's never played, He's never played any higher than the Championship. Mm. Uh, so he's played for Preston, he's played for this thing. Broch Daly was on loan, uh, an emergency loan there last season. So he's not, he's not actually signed for Liverpool as such. There's no contract in the offing. But he's there to basically do them a favour, make up the numbers, join in the training so they've got sufficient numbers for that. He may even go to when they go on the, the, the training camp over in France when they come back from America and play the game up in Scotland. I don't think there's any suggestion he's going to actually play any of the games. Although I don't know that for sure. It'd be interesting to see what happens there because I've, I won't be slightly surprised because he'd have to be registered. Surely I'd like he'd to have see to it. be registered. Yeah. <laughs> surely, even for a friendly, because these are going to be a big deal. But the other side to that is Mignolet's going to be basically playing nearly all of the games now. And Klopp was asked about him after the game uh, against Bradford. Obviously, we kind of all suspected he might look to leave Mignolet because you know he played two, it was only two, wasn't it? Two games last season. And he's, you know, everybody knows that Klopp regards him as a great professional and he sets a great example and you've seen his social media game, he's strong, he's always supporting the team, you know, and he was he was yeah. evidently, genuinely made up when they won the Champions League, even though he'd played technically on the pitch no part, but in behind the scenes he'd have played a massive part in helping Alisson. And he did the interview, didn't he, with James? Uh, January? Rest, rest him, even though he's not actually... Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's left. Um he, uh, he did an interview in January where he basically said he finds it far easier to be behind Alisson, who he regards as one of the greatest goalkeepers in the world, than, and he didn't mention any names, but we kind of knew, yeah. <laughs> knew what he was getting at. We kind of knew what he was getting <laughs> at. But the point is, Mignolet's a footballer, wants to play, we thought he might go, he still might go, but at the moment, Mignolet, uh, sorry, Klopp, uh, very much insistent that, uh, that he's going to be staying, so that is like, that's a bit, little bit like the Lovren situation, I mm. think. If, if more weighted towards... You could understand it if Mignolet wanted to go. And if he does go, that's a massive if, to be fair, then Klopp's got the decision, do I put my trust in 
any of the several youngsters that I've just mentioned then, or do you go out and buy uh, you know, stopgap goalkeeper or some, or what he actually said was another number one who can mm. who's happy to be number two. There's not many keepers who are like that. Mm. No, no. I, I think in in the case of Mignolet, Liverpool have probably got one of the best backup goalkeepers mm. around, haven't he? He'd, he'd walk into most teams in the Premier League. Um, 200 appearances at Liverpool, as Dory mentions, great professional, uber professional, just you know, always there with with the the social media posts and and just just these little little touches, I think. Um, so yeah, I, I think Liverpool will do well to, to keep all of them. And there was a suggestion that the only way he'd leave is if um, an incredible offer arrived for for Mignolet, and, and at the moment doesn't seem as though any anything like that's on the table. So um, looks like he's going to stay. And I think. Um, it all depends on the cup competitions, doesn't it? The, these all these players we're talking about are going to get opportunities if they perform when they when they're called upon in the early rounds of the cup. So it's down to them how, how many games they're going to play essentially. Um, and Mignolet's in that bracket mm. alongside Lovren and and one or two others. Mm. Absolutely. Right then, well the Reds are off on tour this week off to America. Doyle, you're going with them. Are you confident you can break America? I've already long broken America. I was in America in January in Daytona Beach, just just in case anybody didn't know that. So yes. uh, I, I I broke America then. I'm like the Beatles, yeah, less like Oasis because they did not break America. Been there, done that. Very very, very contemporary references, topical <laughs> references there. In the 1960s and the 1990s, yeah, well done to me. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, Doyle will be flying out for the Echo on Wednesday, and we'll have you know, plenty from uh, plenty from stateside, regular dispatches, pods, pieces, everything, you name it. So. We'll all be there on the Echo website um, when the fun begins in America at the end of the week. Uh, so we will be back uh, ahead of the first game. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.